into your feet and turn with me when you're standing to Matthew's Gospel. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 7. Matthew, chapter number 7. We're going to begin in verse number 1. You there say amen. Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank or the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Pray with me, please. Father, thank you so much. God, we thank you for uh, this opportunity we have to set in your presence, Lord. We're here to learn. We're here to grow. We're here to be better, Father God, because you've called every one of us to greatness. Father, you've called us to be a people that reflect your glory wherever we go. God, you have set us up that we might showcase your glory and how we relate to the people that you've placed around us. So God, I pray that you would energize afresh our love, not only one for another, which is our first responsibility as Christians, but also, Lord, our love for those that are around us. God, I pray that you would give us wisdom in the spirit, so then that we can, that people can see Jesus in us. Mm, that people can see the risen Christ, the risen Lord, manifested in our lives. We love you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. Uh, for those who don't know, a couple of weeks ago we had, did a sermon. Uh, we did a, a, began a series. Actually, I want to do this. Uh, first of all, before I go into the sermon, and you can leave the recording on, don't worry about it, I just want to take a moment and thank every one of you for working last week to make our Youth Sunday a success. Amen? Come on, give folks praise. I thought we had a very good youth service last week. And, uh, and so uh, I was very proud of everybody, and, uh, and you know, the kids were great. Uh, the service were great, and everybody looked simply marvelous. Amen? Uh, they looked, i tell you what, uh, the next generation, they inspired me. So I just wanted to uh, thank each and every one of you for helping us to make that possible. And uh, uh, thank you, Walter and uh, Peggy and uh, Nisha and so many others who helped out in so many ways for putting that together for us. Um, but right before we had... Um, uh, we had our youth Sunday. The Sunday before, I had preached a message on a community that attracts. Some of you may recall. And in that message, I basically dealt with us as a people, as a church, and how we are to relate to people that come into contact with our ministry, what kind of people that we needed to be. And so today's message was somewhat parallel with that and is somewhat of a continuation of that. And so what we're going to do is we're going to expound on that because every one of us know we have been taught very well here the importance of loving one another. Everybody understand that, right? You understand that our love and the love that we showcase toward one another has a whole lot to do to our ability to be able to reach other people. So we all understand that. But I want to talk today about keys to a healthy relationship. And so I want you to think beyond the four walls of this church. I want you to think 
about your neighbor. I want you to think about your in-laws. I want you to think about your coworkers. I want you to think about the person that every time you see them, they make your stomach turn. I want you to think about the people in your life that you may simply, just, they, might be, they could just be an acquaintance, somebody you know, somebody that you have some type of relationship with. I want you to begin to process those relationships because I'm going to give us keys today to healthy relationships. Now, when I say relationships, what do I mean when I say relationships? The word relationship means this, the way in which two or more people, groups, countries, etc., talk to and behave toward one another. So every one of us have relationships with various people. And one of the challenges that I have as a pastor, particularly when pastors are preaching in the sanctuary, it's very easy for us to equate the message uh, to mean that it is something that is just for us. But, but, but how many know that God have us here so that us can reach the folks out there? Amen? So we need to think about the way that we deal with our neighbors, our friends. We want to we talk about that this morning. Uh, I have a, um, a co-worker that will remain nameless and talking about relationships, and he has this neighbor. How many of you got, how many of you got neighbors that you just love? Come on, raise your hand. You, got, you just love your How many of you got neighbors that you're not too fond of? <laughs> but this guy, he would come to work every single day, and um, he would always end up talking about his neighbor. Well, his neighbor, now, I mind you, for those who don't know, I, my other job is I'm a policeman. So my coworker obviously is a policeman. So what will happen is he, and he would get into it with his, with, with his neighbor because they fussed about the parking of the cars. You know, she didn't like him parking on the street that was like in front of her house and they, she didn't like the way he positioned. So she would always complain on him. So he would come to work every single day. Not only would, 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 would she would complain, but she would call the Internal Affairs Office. Now, if you're a policeman, you know that anytime the Internal Affairs call you, that's not a good thing. And uh, so she would call the cops on him, and so he would always have to end up talking with the Internal Affairs Division about his neighbor. And so now I sat beside this guy. So every single day, he don't know I'm preaching this about him, but... But so, so I would hear him, he would be under lows of stress. And so somehow the, his relationship back home with this neighbor that he really, she was just a neighbor. It affected his life in such drastic ways that he was under stress. He wasn't happy. I mean, he hated to be around her, and, and yet he talked about it every single day. The point I'm trying to make is that God cares about the people that we relate to. And so we know, for example, the importance of loving each other, but I want to talk about this morning specifically keys in dealing with everybody. These are universal keys to developing healthy relationships. How do we know that unhealthy relationships can degrade your, you uh, physically, emotionally, you know, if you got bad relationships, I mean, it's like a cancer. I mean, it, it's just not good. I mean, though, there's nothing worse than going in environments. You ever been in an environment where people talk about each other, people stab each other in the back, and nobody's happy? And when you go to work, you're like, ah, I don't want to go there. How many know what I'm talking about? Nobody likes those environments. But here's what I want you to understand. You are the light of the world, meaning that you have this truth in earthen vessels. And so the question is, how do you respond in those situations? How, how do, when people think of you, how are you relating? Because watch this. The key to healthy relationship for all of us is you. I'm going to show you here in a moment that there are keys, there are things that you and I do and don't do sometimes that help to produce good relationships. 
There are some times when somebody do something bad, then we react and we do something bad back. It doesn't change the result. It's still a bad situation. How many of you want to get better? How many of you want to get along with your in-laws and love every one of them? How many of you want to get along with your cousins? How many of you want to have a kind of relationship that when you walk the streets or when you see people, you're not ducking and you're not hiding because you got a problem with them? How many know you need to be free? Everybody say free. We need to be free. So look, at, look with me, if you will, at uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 18. We're going to start there. This is a very, very short verse. And it reads this way. If it is possible, everybody say possible. <laughs> as much as it depends on you. Uh-oh. I want you to underline that. Now, if you got a PDA, you got a Bible, whatever, write under that, whatever, God. Listen, God don't mind you writing your Bible. It's okay. As much as it depends on you, live peaceably with some men. With a few men. Is that what it say? All men. Now, let's, let's, let's kind of dissect that verse just a little bit. So he says now, if it is possible. Now, I know that there are some times, there are some relationships that are just almost just impossible that it's going to work. You've done everything you can do. You tried to be loving. You tried to be caring. And you haven't done anything to produce a bad result. But for whatever reason, the other person has chosen, they don't want to relate to you. How many know that you can lead a person to the water, but you can't make them drink? You're free in such cases. But, everybody say but. He says, but as it depends on you. So in other words, watch this, if a relationship is sour, watch this, then it should not be because you did it. Does that make sense? As much as it depends on you. So, so then we need to remain blameless because if this relationship is not working, I don't care what level it is, whether it's a co-worker, a friend, or your, in your marriage, or whatever the situation is, that, that listen, that, that you have the responsibility to behave right. And I believe, here's the thing about the Bible. I love the Bible because how many know the Bible is rich with practical answers for everyday living? You know, the Word of God has an answer for everything. And if you apply the principles of this word, you will be free. You will have good relationships around you. Good relationships around you is going to make for a happy you. And you can create the environment that you want. You can create it by how you relate to other people. He says, now watch this. He says in Hebrews, watch, no, I'm sorry, let me, let, me, let me go back to the last part of this verse. He says, now, for it is, if it's possible... As much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now, understand, he's talking about relationships. That's all Jesus is talking about here, or, or the Apostle Paul. Paul is really echoing what Jesus said, when Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for these are the children of God. How many of you consider yourself a peacemaker? Oh, yeah. And the church said, Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says this. Pursue peace with all people. Well, I thought, Pastor, when you said I was supposed to be at peace, I thought you were talking about I was supposed to be at peace with Sister Diver. I thought I was just supposed to be at peace with you. I thought I was just supposed to be at peace with Sister Ashley. I mean, I, I know you, you couldn't have not been talking about the joker that, that been messing with me, uh, the person down the road or my neighbor. You could have been talking about uh, Junior because he don't go to church here. He says, pursue peace. Everybody say, pursue. So we have to pursue good relationships. Now, watch this. If I'm going to pursue peace, watch this, I can't pursue a fight. He says, pursue what? Not pursue a fight. Not pursue, I got to win this argument. You know, so some people, they will fight tooth and nail until they win an argument. You know, you can win an argument and lose a person. Which one is more important? The devil has tricked us. It's all about you getting your point across. 
It's all about you. Uh, 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 I just got to, you got to hear this. I'm going to get, you're going to get this. And when it's all said and done, you want to be able to walk away and say, I'm the champ. Yeah, you're the champ, all right. They just as mad as you, as they were before. You might have won the argument, but you lost the person. So I got to pursue peace. I'm going to pursue right relationships. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to run after it. I'm not, listen, I'm not going to pursue fighting. I'm not going to pursue strife. I'm not here, watch this, to, be, to, to, to get back at you. I am here, watch this, to restore, to make well. Oh, stay with me. We're going somewhere with this church. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. I said that a moment ago, and, and, and I, I got to tell you that the response was pretty weak. But you know you're called to be a peacemaker. You are called to reflect and be like your daddy. So we need to be at peace with people. We need to relate right. Because watch this. Your ability and my ability to be able to reach people a lot of times, watch this. Sometimes, let me, put it, let me, let me reverse that. Sometimes we struggle with being able to connect with people because we don't know how to relate. And because we don't know how to relate, our ability to evangelize is hindered because we don't know how to relate to people. We don't know how to connect. Everybody say connect. connect. We don't know how to connect. And so what happens is it's very difficult. Why can't I, why can't I get a breakthrough in this area? I'm going to show you. There's some keys I'm going to share with you today. Are you ready for the keys? I only have nine of them. But here's what I want you to do. Listen to me. Listen to me, everybody. Whatever you do, I want you to pay attention this morning. If the devil tried to make you go to sleep, stand up. You know, my teacher used to do when I was in classroom, they used to make me go stand in the corner. If you need to stand in the corner, stand in the corner. Because, watch this, if you utilize these principles, how many of you find yourself struggling in relationships from time to time with people? I mean, all of us do at times. Come on. These principles I'm going to share with you this morning are biblical. And I guarantee you, I can guarantee it because it's the word. That if you apply these principles, you're going to relate better with people. And people are going to like you better. And you're going to like other people better if you utilize these principles. Are you ready? All right, number one, start with yourself. <laughs> oh, God, start with yourself. Now, this is a big one because all of us have a proclivity to believe, watch this, that I'm right all of the time. How do you believe you're right 98% of the time? <laughs> All of us have a disposition, right? So, so, the, so the minute something goes wrong, wrong in a relationship, the minute there's a problem, the, our natural instinct is to say, it's your problem. And you know what? And we'll dig down deep, and we will fight, and we will fight, and we will fight, because we don't want that thing to come back on what? Us. How many know that Part of humility is recognizing that maybe I contributed to this problem. Here's, here's what I always ask myself, and, 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 and let me say this to you. I, I, get, I, get I get criticism from some of my pastors, my pastor friends. And a lot of times they'll say to me, you know, you know pastors, we get around, we'll have you know, a conversation. And, oh, you know, man, you, you, I would have dealt with that a long time ago. Oh, you know, you should have, you know, and, 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 the, and the criticism for me, is the kind of criticism that, that suggests that um, um, I'm, not, I'm not firm enough. I don't deal with situations quickly enough. But, but here's my thing. Part of the reason why I'm somewhat like that is because I firmly believe that I want to give everybody the opportunity to do what they need to do to get themselves together. Because I know this. I know I'm not perfect. And the first thing I do in any situation, I've learned to do this. My wife, my wife will tell you. I've learned to do this. I've learned to ask myself, have you did anything that contributed to the problem? If you're going to have a healthy relationship, somebody got to take a look at somebody. And all of us need to start with ourselves. What is it about me? Did I contribute to that problem? Did I make it better or did I make it worse? 
And Jesus even echoed this. He says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you did not consider? How many know that when you get so affixated on somebody else, you can't even see your own problems? And the best judge of you is probably not you. The best judge of you is probably the person that's sitting next to you. The person that you've been trying to avoid. The person that's probably been right, but you don't want to hear it. Oh, oh, I'm going deep this morning. I see the look on your faces. Stay with me. Don't you leave me. So how do we know that we got to start with ourselves? And sometimes the best way to start with ourselves is to ask somebody, um, you know, is there anything about my relationship, anything about me or this relationship that, 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 that you see that I contribute? Is there, is there a, how do you perceive me to be? I wonder what the church would be like if all of us just went to people that we love and say, look, tell me, what is it about me you like and you don't like? What is it about me? Boy, I tell you what, most of us, you ain't going to even go there because you don't want to hear it. Because <laughs> most of us dug in anyway. But see, that's what we need to break that. We need to say, Lord, how many know the Bible says humble yourself under the mighty hand of God? He will exalt you. So humility, if we're going to have a good relationship, that got to be humility. That got to be an attitude to say, you know what? I'm willing to take a look at myself. Just for a moment. I guarantee you, if you did that for a moment, you might save the relationship. I don't know if everybody thought that way, we'd have healthier relationships. Number two. <laughs> Y'all have heard this before, but I want to say it again. Look at the name and say, speak well. Now watch this. Not just to them, but also about them. Many of, many of us, see, his, you, know, you know how the devil is sneaky in this category. But one of the things that I've learned over the years is when it comes to speaking well, how many of you want a healthy environment around you? The Bible says this in Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Boy, you hear that? Death and life. You know, you can speak death to relationships. You can speak death to your situation. You can speak death. Death and life is in the power, everybody say, the power, power. of your tongue. So watch this. I, need, I not only need to speak well to Peggy, for an example. I'll use my wife for an example because I don't want to offend nobody. But I need to, when I'm outside of Peggy's presence, I also need to speak well. Right? You understand what I mean when I say speak well? I say speak well. I mean speak in a way that is God-honoring. See, how many know that, 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 that God sees and knows our conversation? So watch this. I want you to understand this. So if I want to have a good relationship, how do you know that a lot of times people say things and they have a way of getting back? So one of the ways to combat that is don't talk like that. If, don't say something to them that you don't want everybody to hear or, let me put it this way, that you won't be able, you can't say to their face. So here's what I do. I just make it a habit of speaking nice about, I don't have, listen, if you're that bad, I probably won't say nothing about you. I'll just be quiet. If you're that bad. Well, usually I find that I can always find something decent to say about somebody. Oh, well, well you, let, me, let me tell you. Let me tell you about what sister, sister, what we should do. Oh, she would da 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 You know, and all of us can get into that thing, right? When we start, uh, is that right? What is that? Uh, and before you know it, you sucked in. And now you're talking bad. And then somebody went back and said, you said it. And then you're like, I didn't say it. Yeah, yes, you did. We had, well, I didn't. Well, you know what? Let's just make a habit of saying, I'm going to speak well about people. I'm going to speak in a way, I'm going to speak about them the way Jesus would. So I'm going to speak well. I'm going to use good conversation. I'm going to use good speech. Everybody say good speech. So you got to recognize the power of our tongue. You can look at James chapter 3, verses 1 and 6. I don't have time to turn there. But James chapter 3, verses 1 and 6, it really explained how that a word, just one word, can set a course, a whole, a, a whole thing on fire, a whole situation. How many know the one word is powerful? So here's the thing. I want a good relationship. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a person that I always speak well. I'm going to be, not only be a person that edifies and speak well in my words, but I'm going to speak well about other people in general. 
so that because I don't want nothing coming back, I want to create my environment. Everybody say create. I'm going to create a healthy environment whereby I'm blameless. And nobody can say that I said anything that I know I didn't say. Number three, if we're going to have good relationships, you must be friendly. Everybody say friendly. <laughs> Proverbs 18.24. Are you ready to write this down or read it or whatever? A man who has friends must himself be what? Friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, I looked up the word friendly. Here's what friendly means. To show support. Approval. Not hostile. Kind. Cheerful. And comforting. Everybody say comforting. Well, I don't, I don't have no friends. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Do you show support for somebody else? When you see somebody else, if somebody else do well, do you go and clap and say, yes, good job. Man, I saw what you did. That was awesome. Do you show approval? Are you kind? Are you cheerful? You know what cheerful means? You're not walking around depressed and negative. Come on, somebody. So if you want friends, the Bible says you got to show yourself friendly. You have to engage. Everybody say engage. You have to act like you care. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. You have to care about other people. Uh, for some of us, we got to act that way. You know, in the beginning, you might have to act it out until eventually you'll catch up. Your heart will catch up with what, you, what you're doing. Some, some of us, you just got to do it. Just, just do it. But if you want friends, how many know that we got to show ourselves friendly? You got to engage. You got you to uh, uh, be supportive of other people. You got to be cheerful. You got to be comforting. You got to show interest. Everybody say, show interest. Show interest in other people. You want great relationships around you? Show people that you care about them. Show some interest. Be friendly about it. Be friendly. And let people feel like, I want to come and hang around. You know, like, uh, where Brother Edwin at? I'm going to talk. Brother Edwin is one of the friendliest guys I know. Come on, somebody. I mean, Brother Edwin, the only problem I have with that joker is that he loved them Redskins. That's the only issue I have with him. But Brother Edwin is the kind of brother, I'm just, you know, every week in my sermon, I'm going to find somebody to, you know, to lift up and use an example. Brother Edwin always got a big old smile on his face. Um, every single time. What's wrong with me? I'm sweating. Oh, okay. Uh, bro brother Edwin, every, every time I turn around, that brother looks like uh, he's always smiling, right? He's always happy. When you see Brother Edwin, are you like, man, I don't want to have nothing to do with that brother. Every time you see Brother Edwin, he's like, you just want to walk up to him. Hey, brother, what's up? How you doing, Brother Edwin? Friendly. I, and I never, every time, every time I talk to Brother Edwin, I never hear nothing negative about no, he never said nothing. Let me tell you how bad. He never, anybody know what I'm talking about? And see, y'all need to get him because he won't in here to hear the best part of the sermon. <laughs> Watch this. Number four. I'll have nine of these. If you're going to have great relationship with people, remember these keys, these principles are universal. I want you to think about everybody that you relate to. Believe the best about people. Believe the best. You know, I, I had one time, uh, there was a guy who had a bad reputation at work and people would talk about him. And, uh, and this supervisor, I'll never forget, he sat him down, he said to him, I don't know what people said about you, but, and I know everybody, but I want you to know that with me, you get a clean slate. I'm going to believe that you are going to be a great employee. I believe that you are going to be super. I believe that you are going to be productive. You see, see, the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 5, it says this. Love suffers long. Everybody say long. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard to love, isn't it? So love is kind. Love does not envy, nor love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. Watch this. And does not seek its own. And watch this, and is not provoked, but and thinks no evil. Everybody say no evil. So listen, there are some people who always think that somebody's out to get them. And maybe because we, we had experiences in life that we feel like we got to be guarded. 
And so naturally, when somebody comes to my life, somebody comes, well, they, they, they ain't for me. They're against me. You know, uh, uh, you know I, I don't trust them. Some about them I don't like. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some about them, I, I just, I just, I, you know what? Even if that was true, won't you create an environment whereby they can be set free and love them through it? In other words, listen to me. If Brother Larry comes, I meet Brother Larry, and he comes into my fellowship, he comes into our church, I'm going to think the absolute best about him unless he gives me a reason to think otherwise. How many know that when we're dealing with people, we need to assume the best of them? Just to assume the best. How many know that suspicion does not promote a healthy relationship? Any relationship where there's suspicion, it's not healthy. And so here's the way we do that. If, if, if you got a question to ask, just go ask the question. Well, I think, I think he might be smoking crack. Well, why don't you go ask him? Since you're that concerned about it. I mean, I, I think they might be stealing. We'll, we'll, we'll have a couple. Are you stealing? I just, something might, something, I'm just, maybe it's, you follow what I'm saying? Here's the point I'm trying to make. Let's quit the suspicion. Let's, let's, let's think the best about people. You know, Philippians chapter, I believe chapter four, talks about whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are good, of good report. Think on these things. So listen, for me, I'm going to take a position that when you come into my presence, I'm going to assume that, that you're a good person. I know right off the bat, everybody, every one of you in here are good. Because you wouldn't be here. I have no problem with none of you in here. You're all good, relative speaking. We're all good. I, I, I'm, I'm confident. So you know what I do? I believe the best about you. I mean, if we're going to have a great relationship, we've got to think that way. You can't be suspicious unless there's a reason to do so. I mean, uh, it used to be the old detective show, Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Number five. Uh-oh, here's a big one. Don't share private information or personal secrets. Oh, how many know what will kill relationship quick when somebody devolves some information to you that was personal and you go back and share it? How many know that'll kill a relationship? Listen, if somebody come to you and they say, whether they're in this church or outside this church, right? You are a Christian. You are a, first of all, if somebody come to me and they say to me, hey, uh, Pastor, I, I, I want to tell you something, but I don't want, you know, I want you to keep it quiet. It's just, you know. How many know that if, 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 if you vowed it to somebody, how many know you ought to keep your mouth shut? Listen, you need to know your secret is safe with me. Because so, so when you come and you share, or we get information, sometimes, how many know, sometimes they don't have to tell us not to say it. We just ought to know we shouldn't be repeating it. Come on, somebody. Wave at me like you. You follow what I'm saying? So we're going to have healthy relationships. Watch this. We got to be people that don't divulge secrets. I'm going to give you a couple of verses because some of you are like, well, they ain't in the Bible. Okay, here it is right here. Proverbs 25, 9 says this. Debate your case with your neighbor and do not disclose the secret to another. Well, you know what? I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you because you went back. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell everybody what you I mean, we ain't supposed to walk that way. Proverbs 16, 28 says this, a perverse man sows strife and a whisperer, a whisperer is a gossiper or somebody who can't keep secret, separate the best of friends. Okay? So many relationships have been destroyed because somebody repeated something that should have been kept confidential. And how many know that we need to be people, if we're going to have healthy relationship around us, we need, to, we need to, to, to honor people, we need to respect them. And how many know if you get some information that you know is hot, don't go and throw that out there. I mean, many of you, for example, I'll give you an example. Many of you have shared with me some very personal details about your lives. And you do that because you believe that Pastor Bailey is going to keep his mouth shut. And the minute it got back out, how many know that you'd probably be pretty upset with me, wouldn't you? And you would have every right to be. So how many know we need to be that way in our relationship? So we need to be people. If somebody shares some information with us, you know what? We keep it private. We keep it private. 
especially if they come and they ask us. And, and here's the other thing. And we don't release it unless we get permission to release it. You mind, you know what, I just got, I, I, I was thinking, do you mind, though, if I tell such and such? Because you follow what I'm saying? Let them release you. But how many know that we need to be people that when, when we're going to build good relationship. When people talk and they share personal information with you, we need to keep that tight. And y'all, everybody here know what personal information is, right? That stuff that is like, ooh, wow, ooh, ah, ooh, if everybody knew that, oh, whoa, wow. And, you know, because, you know, People just want to hear everybody's problem, don't they? People love to hear people's problems and their issues so they can sit back and do it. Not so they can go back and fix it. I just want to know about it. What do you want to know for? I just want to know. I need to be in the know. I just need to know. Are you going to fix it? Are you going to do something with it? I just need to know. I got this itch. I, I got this itch. I, 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 I got to tell it. Yeah. Listen to me. You don't have to say anything. I've learned the best thing, if you don't know how to do anything else, just keep your mouth shut. Hallelujah. Look at the neighbor and say, close your mouth. All right, number six. <laughs> number six. Y'all know this, but I'm going to say it in the context of this sermon. But bless those who curse you. So here's, here's what you do. So when you get offended... Because somebody did something wrong to you, watch this, you have a disposition that I'm not going to try to get you back. Because what's that, that thing in us, like when somebody wronged us, right? What's one of the first things you want to do? Oh, man. Y'all ain't, pre- y'all ain't praying when we just want to know it's true. We want to get back, man. You know, but the Bible says, bless those that curse. So here's, the, watch this. So I do just the opposite. Somebody say something bad about me or they, or they, they slam my reputation. You have an option. You can go back and you can make a choice. You know what? I'm going to slam your reputation. Or you can say this, you know. Um, well, 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 I just want to tell you, man, what sister so-and-so said about you. Oh, she said that? Yeah, I just wanted to, man, so what you going to do about it? Well, you know what? I, I just pray for the sister. I love her to death. She's a good sister, but, you know, I just let God handle that. How are you doing today? Oh, man, that, I mean, that throws somebody for a loop because they're expecting you to respond. But you say, no, I'm not going to. Why? Because I'm going to build healthy relationships around me. So I'm not going to go there. Look at the name and say, don't go there. So watch this. The way if people treat you wrong, here's the key. If they say wrong things about you, how many know that God will vindicate the righteous? I find when people, here's what I discovered. When people say stuff about you that is wrong, you don't need to defend yourself. I'm, I'm telling you, you don't need to go out of your way to try. All you need to do is walk in a sweet spirit. Walk in love. Don't you be like them because then you took the bait. See, once you strike back, oh, the devil got you now. That's what he wanted in the first place. Now, you are no different. You're right on the devil's battlefield. But see, you want to stay in the place of power. So the place of power means that I control my emotions. I am always going to bless you. You do me wrong, I'm not going to do that back to you. I'm done with that. Why? Because I'm free. And people who are free, they ain't worried about that. You don't have to defend yourself. Somebody say, listen, you just need to stay. Keep walking with God. And prove them wrong by how you live. Prove them wrong by your attitude of love and of grace. Somebody say amen. Amen. Number seven. Only got a couple more to go. Here's a big one. Confront lovingly and gracefully. Everybody know, how many love confrontation? How many of you ever seen that little movie, uh, The Toy Story? Y'all remember the who was that guy in the movie, in the toy store that said, I don't like confrontations? Was that Buzz Lightyear? Who was that? Rex. I remember Rex. I don't like confrontation. <laughs> there are going to come times when we're going to have to confront. Every one of us. But there's a way to confront and do it in a way that it glorifies God. Right? 
Now, I want you to look at this. Turn with me real quick to 2 Timothy. I want, you to, I, want, I want to read this one with you. 2 Timothy, uh, chapter number 2. Look at this verse. I love this verse. This is a great verse. Paul was speaking to, he's writing this letter to Timothy, who was his pupil. Timothy was a young pastor, a young leader. Look what it says here in verse number 24. Y'all there, you got your eyes on it yet? You got eyes on, on 2 Timothy verse 24? Say amen. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel. Now, let me stop right there for a moment. Who in here are servants of the Lord? Now, Paul was writing to Timothy, but this is applicable to every Christian. He said, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel. You know what quarrel means, right? Mm. But be gentle. Everybody say gentle. <laughs> to all. Ain't that something? He said, but be gentle to all and be able to teach and be patient. Everybody say, be patient. In humility, in humility, everybody say humility, correcting those who are in opposition. All right? So those who are in opposition, those that you have some conflict with, you're in opposition, you're on two separate places. He says, watch this. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses, watch this, and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Now understand something about this verse I think is so powerful. How many know that there's a way that <laughs> some, of us are, some of us have grown up in environments where you only know one way to confront. Now, I grew up in some of those environments. I knew how to use confront in my environment, and it wasn't pretty. But how many know that if our goal, and the goal of confrontation should always be restoration? Because here's the question, what's the other goal? If I'm going to confront you about a problem, what am I trying to accomplish? Again, is it about winning the argument? Or if it, is it about, let's set the record straight. So if I'm going to confront, I'm always going to confront with a goal in mind to fix it. Everybody say fix it. But how many know that if I'm going to confront, listen, if I'm going to confront, I don't need to confront and get in somebody. How many know that you don't, if you got a level from 1 to 10 and 10 being the worst, how many know you don't want to confront somebody at level 10? Why you do that to me? What's wrong with me? Are you sick? Why you do Why do you? How many know they ain't going to restore nothing? I can't believe. Why? I mean, you did that. Why not? How many, how many know one of the best things you can do is if you get some information and you, you realize that I have to confront this person, here's the best thing you do. Wait till you're calm. Go to sleep. Relax. Rest for a while. Go take a nice walk, Governor's Island. Go take a, a, a drive down the road. Go rent a car, if you don't have one, with the, with the roof off so you can drive and listen to that happy song. I'm happy. What's that song, happy? I like this one, happy. How many know that if we're going to confront, we need to be in a happy place? Because if I'm going to confront, I have one goal in mind. If, I'm going to, if i got to confront you, I'm, I'm coming to you because I care and I want to fix this. I want to fix this. So here's how we should confront. Let me give you some rules of engagement. Everybody say engagement. Here are your rules of engagement. Confront secretly, number one. In other words, I don't need to bring anybody else into the picture who don't need to be there. How many know that one of the things that we make a mistake sometimes of doing is we, we want to take other people who have nothing to do with it and bring them into the situation? So we want to confront secretly, number one. Watch this, quietly. Everybody say quietly. I mean, I'm not going to yell and scream in your face. Come on, somebody. I said, come on, somebody. And I want to confront, watch this, lovingly. Lovingly means I'm seeking to restore. I mean, no, that's the key to healthy relationships right there. 
You want a healthy relationship? Confront. You're going to have to confront from time to time, but do it in the right way. Do it in a God-honoring way. Can the church say amen to that? Number eight. Here's the thing. Admit your sins not only to God, but to others. Everybody say to others. James 5.16 says this. Confess your faults one to a what? Another. Well, here's how, here, look, 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 here's how the devil do it. Well, you know, watch this. Here's, here's how the devil deceive us. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to pray to God and God will forgive me and I'm going to move on. Can I say this? If you want good relationships, not only do you need to confess your sin to God, but you need to confess it to the person that you've wronged. And if God has given, and if it comes to your attention that you've wronged somebody in a relationship, yes, go on your knees and pray, God, Lord, show me where I'm wrong. Then, you know, if God reveals something that you, that you did wrong in that relationship, how many know, get up off your knees and go to that person and say to that person, I'm wrong. How many know that that's probably, you're probably going to save that relationship? You're going to save it. You're going to save it because you acknowledge. That's why the Bible says confess your sins one to another. There's healing in that. You know why I say confess your sins one to another? Because we have to live one to another. We have to be together. I mean, if it were just you and God, that'd be cool. Talk to God. But, but he, it's you, God, and all his other cheering, as we say in the country, cheering. <laughs> so we need to, if you know that the Holy Spirit has revealed something to you, then not only confess your wrong to God, but if you wrong somebody else, go get it right with them. Confess it to them too. Because, again, what's our goal? I want healthy relationships around me. And then number nine, here's the last one. And then we're going to take communion. Key to healthy relationships is respect the rights of others who disagree with you. Respect. Everybody say respect. The rights of others who disagree with you. How many know that everybody's not going to agree with you on everything? And I know that a lot of us like to think that we have a corner on all the truth. But here's the thing you must realize and recognize is that Jesus always want us to be respectful to other people. I can disagree with you, but I can do it in a respectful way. Um, I'll give you a verse to go along with that. 1 Peter 3.15 says this, But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord, and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that, is, that you have. But do this with gentleness and what? Respect. That's the NIV version. Do it with gentleness and respect. So how many know that we're going to have healthy relationships, that people on your job or people in your sphere of influence, they may not see it the way you see it. They may totally disagree. How many know, I, I got a friend of mine, um, uh, many of you have been to my house, but right directly across the street from my house is uh, a guy who used to live there. He still owns the house, but he rents it out now. His name is Wally Odd. O-D-D, Wally Odd. It's funny, I used to go to his house, and he used to have a little sign up on his house, the Odd House. Uh, so I thought that was cute. But um, he was a Mormon. And, uh, and so we disagreed theologically. We went to my drive, we'd have conversation, I would tell him you know, what I believe, and he'd tell me what we believe, and you know what? He was the best neighbor I had on that whole block. And I consider him my, my good friend. We still talk to this day. Am I right about it, First Lady? We, talk, and we, we, we disagree on what I think about faith, matters of faith. And I think there's some issues with his theology, and he probably thinks there's some issues with mine. But here's the thing. We still respect one another. We still respect one another. You can disagree, and you ought to hold your positions. If, if you believe it's right, you stand, but you do it in a way that it honors God. And you do it in a way where we don't, where we don't devalue other people and make them feel like they're less than. Amen? How many know we need to be in the business of lifting people up? Even the ones that don't believe exactly the way we believe. So in your relationships, you may feel a certain way that if you want to have good relationship around you, understand, first of all, you as a Christian, you know half the world is against you. No, three quarters of the world is against you anyway. You know that. But here's the thing. Love people and be respectful. All right? So, here are the keys to a healthy relationship. Start with yourself. Speak well. Be friendly. Believe the best about people. 
Don't, spare, don't share private information or personal secrets. Bless those who curse you. Confront lovingly and gracefully. And admit your sins not to God, but also, uh, not just to God, but also to others. And finally, respect the rights of others who disagree with you. Every eye is closed, every head is bowed as we prepare for communion. Father, we thank you this morning, God. Father, we know you put us on this earth so that we can relate well. God, you want us to relate well. You want us to connect with the people around us. God, you want us to be a light in darkness. And God, some of us, Lord, we have unhealthy relationships all around us, and it has affected us, Lord, emotionally, psychologically. And in some ways, Lord, we didn't even know it, didn't even mean to, but we contributed uh, to that unhealthiness. And so, Lord, we want to we want to get back into place, be the people you called us to be. That God, that we walk in that love, that we walk in a way that honors you with how we relate to our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, our relatives, our in-laws. God, some of us, Lord, got some hostile relationship with our in-laws. We yell and we scream. And but God, today, God, we're going to change that, Lord. We're going to be people, Lord. We can't, we can't fix everybody else, but we can fix ourselves. So, Lord, help us to fix ourselves and behave in a way that will honor you. I believe, Lord, that if we honor your word and we behave the way that we should, that in the end, that they will be ashamed of their actions and they will turn to you and they will say, what must I do to be saved? Perhaps there's someone here this morning you're sitting here this morning not only do you have broken relationships all around you not only do you find yourself not being able to connect healthy uh, with other people but you haven't connected with Jesus the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord you're sitting here today you say Pastor Gary I, I have never given my life to Jesus and today I want to do that it's appointed unto man once to die, then after death comes judgment. Hell was never meant for humans. It was never meant for any of us. Hell was always designed for the devil and his angels. And God sent his son so that you wouldn't have to spend eternity in hell. That's love. That's love. God of the universe came down and took a beating and was whipped, was spit upon, was beaten to the point of death almost so that you and I can experience life. If you hear this morning, you say, I don't know if I die today, Pastor Gary, I don't know if I will go to heaven. I don't know. I'm not really sure, but I want to know. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I've been running. I've been struggling. Oh, I've been putting on airs. I've been acting saved, but I know that I haven't surrendered my life. If that's you today, I want to give you an opportunity to come to Christ. Is anyone in here today will say, I'm not saved. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Just slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. Anyone? I want to give you that opportunity. You know your heart. God knows your heart. You know where you are with God. If you're saved today, and I trust that all of you are, and maybe the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. Maybe you've been a person that have perpetuated problems in relationships. Maybe you didn't cause the problems. Maybe it wasn't your fault but you haven't helped it because you've taken in his bait, you've lashed out, you've spoken negatively about other people, you've planted seeds that were destructive, and you've said things or you've done things, you've acted in a way that has not helped that relationship move forward. Whether it's an acquaintance, whether it's a neighbor, co-worker, it doesn't matter. 
but we're all accountable to God for how we relate to one another. And maybe the Holy Spirit has convicted you about a relationship. I just sense that some people got problems with family members, in-laws. Maybe uh, a neighbor or two. Maybe a friend on the job. And you kind of fallen into the trap. And the Holy Spirit just convicted you. The Bible says today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. If you hear this morning and the Holy Spirit has convicted you. Before we take communion this morning, God is our healer, and he desires to wash us clean. Search your heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to search your hearts this morning. God, search our hearts. God, look upon us, Lord. And God, forgive us, Lord, for the times when we haven't related well. Forgive us for the times, Lord, when we could have been an agent of healing but we perpetuated the problem instead of helping it. Forgive us, Lord, for speaking out of turn. Forgive us, Lord, for speaking out of anger. Forgive us, Lord, for confronting in a very harsh and unloving way. Forgive us, Lord, for being comfortable at times being mad with other people or not liking other people the people to which you put breath in their bodies. And you, leave, you left us here because you're not willing that any perish, but all come to a knowledge of the truth. You love all men. And God, we have a responsibility. We're getting back on track today. God, we understand that we relate to one another well. But God, we also know that this needs to extend beyond our borders here at the church. And it need to go into other areas. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would convict. I pray that you would restore. And church, let's take a moment and examine our hearts before we take communion. Repent, listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't resist it. As we said before, the primary way of getting free is looking within. Don't, don't think about nobody else. This is between you and God only. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you before you take communion this morning. Let's get it right. Let's make it right today. Let's take a moment and examine our hearts. And Follow the direction of the ushers. They will direct you. We'll come to the table, uh, receive the cup, and come back to your seats, and then we'll take communion together. If I can have everybody stand and follow the direction of the ushers.
You know, church, I just want to remind us that communion is one of the sacred ordinances of the church, and it is the most intimate of the sacraments that we can do. We connect with our Lord in a very fresh way. When we take this bread and we drink this cup, we reunite ourselves with his vision, his purpose, and his soon return. It's a way of getting reacquainted with his ways. And so I, I want us to remember that this is a very holy moment. It's sacred. It's holy. And we need to approach the table with that attitude. In the early church, the Bible says when some of them had taken communion, they were still walking in sin. They were still living in unrighteousness. And yet they would come and take the Lord's table for granted. And the Bible says many of them died. So we take these moments to make sure that we are getting ourselves back right with God. And that if there's sin in your life, confess it and get it right before you take it. And then take it with great joy. If you are here today and the Holy Spirit has convicted you of something, and you're refusing to repent, then I caution you, don't take communion today. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus... On the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body. Picture his body, church, which is broken for you. Do this. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, thank you for every bruise every stripe, every tear, every, every thing, Lord God, that every emotional and the weight of sin that you placed on your shoulders for us. God, you was bruised for our iniquities. You was wounded for our peace. You was wounded for our transgression, the chastisement of your peace was upon us. God, we want you to know this morning that we love you. And as we take this bread, sanctify us afresh. Sanctify us afresh. Afresh, God. And we give you the praise. Let's eat together. same way he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin he shed his blood there's power in his blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Father, we thank you for your blood that was shed on Calvary. Your blood that cleansed our sins and made us white as snow. Your blood that is able to present us faultless and blameless before your throne. Your blood that will never lose its power. Father, we thank you that it was spilled for us. And God, as we drink it today, I pray healing. I pray deliverance. I pray freedom. I pray an awareness of your presence in a way that is life-transforming. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Shall we drink together?
We can pass those over to the ushers. The ushers will collect those. The ushers will collect those from you. says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep his commandments. Show him your love by loving one another. Show him your love by loving your neighbor, by loving the person that God brings into your life and create an environment of good, healthy relationships. Jesus wants you to have it. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the heavens. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling. To him who is able to present us faultless before his throne of grace. To him, Jesus, be glory, be dominion, be power to our soon coming and risen king. God, we magnify your name. We honor you in this place. And we love you with all of our hearts. God, until we meet again next week, infuse us with your love. Take us to new heights, Father, as we seek your face. Revive us, Lord. I pray miracles and breakthrough and favor over your people. Divine protection as they walk and glorify you. And we ask these things and the one whose name is all power. <laughs> King of kings and Lord of lords, his name is Jesus. And the church said, amen, amen. Give God praise. See you next week. Bless you. I'm trading my sorrow.